You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Bears Illustrated podcast, presented by BearsIllustrated.com, your home for Baylor athletics and recruiting on 24-7 sports. I'm Pranay Malampati alongside Andrew Miner. And it's been a long time, or not a long time, but it's been it's been a little bit since we discussed football on the podcast. Baylor beat Oklahoma a few days ago this past weekend, clinched a berth in a bowl game, which looked like it might be something not guaranteed given the rest of Baylor's schedule, but Baylor has clinched a bowl berth and now has three games left on his schedule, is still alive for the Big 12 championship, could get that Big 12 championship appearance by either winning out or by beating two of the three teams left on its schedule, depending on what plays out in the rest of the Big 12. Um, but let's discuss what happened in this past weekend's game against Oklahoma, where Baylor came out with a 38-35 win. What were some of your biggest takeaways from the game, Andrew? Oh, Renee, it's been it's been a long time, but I feel like we were just discussing Baylor football. But that's because we were recording the the podcast previews uh, on Saturday uh, before the uh, before the game and right into that that first couple of drives of of the game. Um, the biggest takeaway for me was that the defense played really well in the first half. They got three interceptions uh, in the first half, pounced on on the Sooners. Um, to, to, to take a lead and they were, you know, basically forcing Oklahoma to play catch up for the majority of the first half and then second half as well. Um, you know, so that was, that was the biggest takeaway for me was that we, you know, we got ahead early and we're able to do just enough, protect the football just enough, run out the clock uh, just enough to, um, to get the job done, to get the win, third straight win, going bowling. And I know that was a lot of discussion, even after the Kansas victory. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people were more concerned and thought it was more likely that we would miss a bowl game than to get to um, a Big 12 title berth. Um, and I was, I was quite the opposite. I think I've said it when we've discussed on the podcast that, you know, getting to the Big 12 championship was not out of the realm of, a possibility for the bears and, you know, they're, but they were going to have to play better and they didn't play perfect against Oklahoma. I think that's also one of the largest takeaways is, you know, they're, they're going to have, they got, they got number 19, Kansas state, number four, TCU, and then number 18, Texas to close the year. They're going to have to step up their game just a little bit more um, these next three weeks if, if they want a shot to defend their, their titles. So those, those were my biggest takeaways, Pernay. Um, anything strike out, uh, uh, stand out to you? Thanks, Trey. They're going to have to play a more complete game of football in each of those three games if they're going to want to win. These are three really good teams. Texas just beat Kansas State, and TCU is number four in the country in position to make the college football playoff if the season were to end today. Obviously, the season doesn't end today. Baylor still has a chance to make the Big 12 championship game. And my takeaway, my big takeaway was that Baylor looks – a lot better and it's looked a lot better consistently over the past three weeks. It wasn't just a, it wasn't something that just 
happened once or twice. Baylor has gotten better. They've meshed. They they have better chemistry now. They've got more grit. And Dave Aranda said it best, I thought, after the game against Oklahoma. He said that they were on the sidelines. The coaching staff was yelling at the players to remember to look to think about that West Virginia game. Remember, he said he was saying, remember West Virginia. He said it felt a lot like that West Virginia game. But it didn't end like that West Virginia game because Baylor showed more grit and they just executed a little bit better. They were able to pull out the victory and instead of losing by three points like they did against West Virginia, they won by three points. And I think those are the those are the things that make the difference in these types of games at the end of the day. The the three teams they have left on their schedule are better than anyone they've played all season, but I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that the Oklahoma game wasn't close to the level of play that we're going to face against teams like Kansas State and Texas. I think playing at Oklahoma, playing a quarterback like Dylan Gabriel, who although he made mistakes, he also made some really good throws that we're going to see guys like Max Duggan and, and Quinn Ewers make later in the season. I think Baylor stood up to the test that they faced. At Oklahoma is never an easy game to play. And this team is is here to make a run. They've they've legitimately got a shot to to win a couple of these games. And I guess one thing I want to point out is that Richard Reese had come off two games where he had a combined sixty seven carries. He had thirty six in the previous game and 31 in the one before that and he only got four carries in this game against oklahoma craig williams squirrel williams was back in this game and he got the brunt of the workload and the running game did not suffer at all the running game was just as as good as it had been with richard reese so i think that shows i think that's a really positive thing for baylor's offense moving forward yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Richard Reese battling the flu only had the four carries. He did score a touchdown on on the afternoon, but but uh, Craig Williams for sure, uh, squirreling away, had a tremendous game. 192 yards rushing, 25 carries, couple scores, um, and the great presence of mind play at the end where he slid down at the seven um, yard line. Quillen Jones also had a, a very nice afternoon. Um, rushing the football. He also got in the end zone um, as well as Jordan neighbors also got in the end zone on that um, reverse jet sweep type play. The the one thing, the most impressive thing I would say, and I felt very confident. I don't know how you felt Pernay is watching this in real time, but I felt very confident once Oklahoma scored to make it 38, 35 uh, with four minutes left, felt very confident that the bears would be able to, um, to, to milk the clock, run their four minute offense and go down the field and basically run the, run the clock out. Um, and that they would, you know, if need be, they would, they would go for it on, on fourth down. They never got to that point, by the way, two critical third down conversions. They had a third and six Blake Shapin, um, you know, put a perfect, perfect ball, uh, you know, right, right in the sun area and, you know, really got a great, great catch. Um, catch me. I'm trying to find who who made the catch. I uh, think it was. Jeez, uh, the ESPN gamecast Pernay is all screwed up. But 
Was it uh, Josh Cameron? He had a lot of big. I catches. think it was Josh Cameron um, that that made that final catch on the third and six for the conversion. Um, but I just don't want to inaccurately attribute the um, the stat to him. But it was a very very important catch, key key uh, catch that that allowed the Bears to run more time off the clock. In the very least, they could have pumped the ball back to Oklahoma with like fifty seconds left on the clock, no timeouts. It would have been it would have been difficult, but not impossible uh, for them to move the ball. Um, and then, and then Squirrel Williams got the, uh, the third and three conversion a few minutes later. And then, you know, coach Aranda was able to take the kneel downs, get out Norman with victory first back-to-back victories over the Sooners since 2013, 2014, which was also coincidentally the last time Baylor won back-to-back big 12 titles. So yeah, they're making a run to trying to make a run that is to, to do that here. Um, and and win you know win the last three again the title game and it will be very interesting to see what uh, what happens it's you know I feel Pranay that these last three games of the season are probably the most anticipated three game end of the season stretch for Baylor football um, in in history. Um, I think there's history so much. Yeah. I not, not, not most important and not with the most on the line, but, but definitely the most anticipated um, and, and with a lot of stakes at play and we can go through them. It's, it's really in the last decade. I didn't go too far past 2011. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe some of those eighties, eighties, seventies or eighties teams had, had some critical three game stretches there, but, um, yeah, to me, this is the most anticipated games against the best opponents with the most at stake that Baylor could actually control, um, right. Uh, you know, stretch of the season and it will only, the stakes will, will only grow if of course they, they keep winning. Um, I, I, how are you feeling? I, you know, I can dive into it, but before I do, I wanted to ask you, Pernay, you know, how are you feeling about what, what do you feel about this final three game, um, stretch? Man, I don't know what to think. I'm just trying to take this week by week because I just don't know what to make of this Baylor team. I like we're nine games into the season, and I still have no idea what this Baylor team is about. You have no idea. I have no idea because they started. They started, I guess, one and one with that loss at BYU and we all thought that both those teams was very good and, and thought that Baylor had a chance to do something special this season. They go out, win win two games after that, beat Iowa State on the road for their first big road win, road big 12 win, second one in Dave Aranda's Baylor career, first that's not named Kansas, and they lose two straight games and kind of take themselves out of out of relevance, take themselves obviously out of CFP contention, and we thought out out of the Big 12 picture. And then they come back and win three games against Kansas, against – who do we beat after Kansas? Tech. Tech, yeah. For, tech. At, at yeah. Tech for the first time since 90. And then at Oklahoma. But the next three games are even tougher than anyone we've played all season. So that's why I have no idea what to make of this team. 
I just I just don't know what to say. And Adrian Martinez is an incredibly hard matchup for Baylor. They got run over by Spencer Sanders when we played Oklahoma State because they weren't able to defend against the the running game of the quarterback um, that that just like weren't able to defend against both the threat of the quarterback being able to run and being a good passer, which Kansas State, Adrian Martinez is an incredibly good runner, and they have that option threat with Deuce Vaughn, who's one of the best running backs in the country. I don't I, – I, I feel like on paper, Kansas State has the advantage in this matchup, but Baylor always finds a way to come out and make games tight, usually – and I believe in Dave Aranda, so that's why I don't know what to make of this team. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think you're just gonna have to ask the offense to be a little bit more, um, you know, got got to continue to protect the ball and and got to be able to basically not, you know, virtually we're asking Baylor offense to not punt the ball. The defense isn't quite there. I think we've seen tremendous improvement against Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Uh, you know, eight interceptions through six quarters at halftime um against Oklahoma is what they recorded and then um and then they you know they let up a little bit in the in the second half but they still forced two key punts and then the offense was able to grind out the time possession uh you know against Kansas State I think the you know that you know kind of the keys to the game if you will against Kansas State just jumping in for night it's going to be who 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 controls time of possession, right? I think both of these teams are heavily dependent on the run and are pass complementary, uh, where where the passing offense is not the <clears throat> traditional Big 12 passing gun, gunslinger offense that you would expect. Uh, but it, it's very, it's very, you know, they're both very capable passing teams can, you know, can really exploit defenses, can, can hit the home run over the top play when, when they have the opportunity, but both these teams, which remember championship coaches on each sideline, right? Kleiman won a slew of national titles with North Dakota state. Aranda won a national title as the DC at LSU. Both of these coaches rather pound the rock and control the pace of the game, control the tempo and milk the clock. Uh, both of these offenses would prefer, I think if you ask them in meetings, they would prefer uh, to have the ball for, uh, you know, 35 minutes of, of possession, control the time of possession, don't turn the ball over, have long sustained drives that end in the end zone and, um, and have their defense, you know, get key stops. Um, uh, turnovers would be great, but, but key stops when their team needs it the most, get it, make sure you get off the field. And the team that does that will, I obviously I think be able to to win the game um you know and it's going to be it's going to be a rushing uh you know it, it's going to feature a lot of carries by by the running backs you you mentioned Deuce Vaughn he's a stud speedster people have compared him to Darren Sproles um and then Baylor has a running back room by committee uh you know we've mentioned Quaylen Jones Squirrel Williams with the breakout game he had 25 carries right you mentioned uh, Richard Reese's 67 combined carries over the course of two games. So these guys like to pound the rock as well. And Baylor will run it with just about anybody, right? They'll run it with um, uh, uh, neighbors. They'll run it with, 
Baldwin on jet sweeps. They'll run it with Dylan Doyle on fourth and ones, like uh, right power, <laughs> power eye, fullback, uh, you know, mode. So I, I think that that's the team, you know, uh, you know, the team that is able to control the ground, the ground game and, and control the clock and, you know, convert third downs and, and fourth downs and, and not turn the ball over that they're going to have the edge in this one. Um, I, I do think I, you know, we, you talked about Adrian Martinez and he has a great dual threat um, passer. I'm not, I'm not so sure if there's a slight con- a quarterback controversy or debate at least in Manhattan, because I, I think Will Howard might, might be the better option at quarterback uh, facing, facing the bears um, for, for, for this one. The reason being is, is because the, the Baylor secondary is so susceptible to giving up the big play and just getting shredded. doesn't matter who it's been. If it's been Spencer Sanders, if it's been Dylan Gabriel, um, it, it, uh, if it's been, uh, who's Kansas quarterback, uh, uh, Jason Bean, right. Um, the, the quarterbacks have torn up Baylor, uh, this season, even as recently as, as last week. So, Andrew, Andrew, if I can interject, I totally get what you're saying about Will Howard being a better passer than Adrian Martinez and Baylor's secondary being susceptible to the deep, and, and the medium passing game, but I would be so happy if they start Will Howard over Adrian Martinez. I am so scared of what Adrian Martinez in combination with Deuce Vaughn and that triple threat offense. I'm so scared of what Adrian Martinez will or can do to this Baylor defense. If they start Will Howard, I will be so happy. I just That's... want to say that. Yeah, no, that that's extremely fair. I'm just just kind of thinking out loud, right? But but to your point, to to collaborate, you know, to support the evidence to support your um, point is probably uh, the Spencer Sanders game, right? Where where he rushed for like 75 yards and he threw for you know two whatever it was and and had a had a nice, really nice day against Baylor. Um, you know that that would that would be you know your <laughs> Um, your your evidence to support that that theory. So I, I definitely think Adrian Martinez uh, will, will start, but I'm not I'm not so sure that you know Howard might have an edge uh, facing facing Baylor, but um, we will we will certainly see. <laughs> All right, turning back to the start of your analysis, I think you nailed it when you said that this game comes down to time of possession, I was actually thinking that right as you mentioned it, but I think I totally agree. I think that this game will come down to time of possession because both of these teams kind of depend on the running game. Yeah. Um, Baylor obviously has a bunch of backs. They're willing to feature Richard Reese. Hopefully he's healthy. I mean, he should be because the flu should go away within a week, right? But hopefully, hopefully Richard Reese is able to come back and be the lead back because I think he still is the top running back on this team. But they got Richard Reese, Squirrel Williams, and others. And I mean, Quaylon Jones, as you mentioned, is very good. I think that both these teams are going to try to run the ball down the other's throat. Last game, Left for Kansas State, they just played Texas and lost 34-27. They ran the ball 35 times. Deuce Vaughn got 19 carries. Adrian Martinez got 14 carries. 
so yes, I think that this is going to come down. It's going to be one of those who gets more first downs, who keeps the ball longer, who's able to keep the ball out of the other offense's hands. Because I think both these teams, both these offenses are going to be able to do, do a good job running the ball, getting first downs, getting the ball into opponent's territory, and eventually scoring points. Um, the possessions might might be limited in this game just because of how much each team yeah. likes to run the ball. So it's also, I think, another thing that it's going to come down to is who's going to be able to convert in opponent's territory more, who's going to be able to convert in the red zone more, turn turn those possessions, those deep drives into touchdowns instead of just taking it three points. Um, yeah, I think that those are the two things it comes down to time of possession and converting long drives into touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 100%. So if you're a Baylor fan, you have to be optimistic about the success that our running back core can have against uh, against the Wildcats, right? Just to <clears throat> Texas, Robinson had had over 200 rushing yards um, when they played TCU. Um, who was it? Kendra Miller had 153 rushing yards. They played – and when they played um, – Oklahoma, Eric Gray went for over hundred rushing yards, uh, against, against Kansas state. So the Kansas state defense is definitely susceptible to, to giving up the, um, you know, the run and, and lots of yards there. So I think Baylor is, you know, should, should be salivating and, and probably game planning. I would imagine around that type of opportunity, um, for sure. And on the flip side, Baylor has allowed probably just as many rushing yards um, to, to their opponents. Eric Gray just last week went for over a hundred, hundred yards against the bears. And um, we already kind of talked about Spencer Sanders, um, you know, r- rushing attack. I'm just trying to look here at some of the schedules. Um, yeah. Mathis, uh, Junior uh, for West Virginia had 163 yards of of rushing, um, and Oklahoma State, yeah, San- Sanders and then <clears throat> and then Richardson each had you know 70 75 and 73 rushing yards. So both of these teams have kind of proven that you know you can run the ball on on either of these teams. Um, but I will say I think I think Baylor has gotten better. Um, defensively stopping the run 
and and a little bit better on on the pass but the pass is you know it, that's still i think a work in progress so if you're optimistic um if you're a baylor fan you, you should be optimistic about this game and there's a lot to be excited about you know Pranay, have you have you seen all this talk about blackouts and home blackout field and- i was gonna say blackout if you're going to the game go dress in black yeah, yeah. The uh, did you see that earlier this evening? Baylor athletics and Baylor football tweeted um, about the blackout too. Oh no, I didn't see that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I, I guess this started this blackout campaign started um, by a few students making a Twitter account saying, "Hey, everybody, like blackout the game uh, on Saturday night." And um, since then, Baylor athletics and Baylor football actually, you know, kind of came out, tweeted, you know, hey, all all black and um, and get to the game, wear black. So, so, so they got behind the idea um, positively and are showing, you know, are, are making it a thing. So I fully expect everybody to be in black. I fully expect everybody to show up. Um, it, it It's very interesting. I don't think it's controversial at all to have blackouts. I know that was a... Um, initiative basically in the Bryles era I think there have been four blackout games total um I was trying to rack my brain because this was my time when I was at school but the first one was 2013 against Oklahoma um and then the second one was uh, that I can remember was 2015 in Oklahoma and we think just talking to some people I think Kansas State 2014 uh when game day was in town was the was the third official blackout game. And then there was the blackout disaster of 2016 um, when, when Baylor hosted TCU after Coach Browse was was fired and everything like that. It was just a very bad luck for the university and the fans that that did that. Um, but I'm kind of happy that that a, a blackout's back because the gold outs have never, ever worked. Uh, black or white is, that's the universal black, you know, you know color out, so to speak. You know, you try to do gold or you don't like whatever. gold outs. It, well, it just it doesn't. I don't. I don't mind them. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it's it's proven consistently time and again over many many years, large sample size, that the stripe games have never worked. The gold outs have never worked for um for for Baylor. So uh, I think I think Oklahoma State this year was supposed to be a, a gold out, and people just refuse to uh, to do it. So. Um, you know, for, for whatever reason, people will just refuse to, to wear gold. Um, but we'll see, hopefully it should be a good one, but I, I find it interesting that Baylor is having such a difficult time selling tickets and getting this game sold out. Are you surprised at that? Yeah, I am. Um, I guess maybe it's because expectations were high and now Baylor already has three losses and that's it's fair. Isn't living up to expectations. But it's a big game. I, I think I think people gotta I think maybe people don't realize what Baylor still has in front of them. Maybe people are like like when they got to three and three, they were like, Well, this season's a wash. No. But, but everything everything's still in front of us. Maybe except for the college football I mean, obviously except for the college football playoffs, but the Big Twelve championship is still there. This is a big game when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I I understand why fans might not be wanting to go, but I I, I highly encourage fans to go. This is going to be a great game. It could be a huge win. Oh yeah, I think this is the first 
the first true night game, I think, since 2019 against Oklahoma when game day was uh, – Oh, that was, was an amazing game. I was there. I was a senior at Baylor. That, oh, that was incredible. That was an amazing game. The atmosphere was hype for that game. I think people forget just how great the atmosphere was for, for that game um, because I've, I've seen some complaints saying, you know, you know, referencing the 2013 game of how great that atmosphere was. 2019, that atmosphere was was I'll put it up there with 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 any 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 game uh, for for Baylor. So hopefully, you know, I'll I'll be there reporting live. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the uh, the atmosphere is great. Hopefully oh no way, you're going. Out. Let's go. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be there reporting live. We'll get we'll get some minor minutes and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, uh, but I was I was there in 2019 for the game day. I was reporting from the student section that night. So that was that was a hype. That was. Hey, if you can get if you if you can get a minor minute with Kurt Warner, I would be eternally grateful, and that'd be sick for you. Is Kurt Warner gonna be there? Yeah, because his son Cade Warner is a wide receiver for Kansas State, starting wide receiver. What? Oh my gosh! Thank you for the tip. I'll uh, I'll do my best for that for sure. That's a great tip. That'd that'd be a great uh, great special that that we can bring right right to you guys. Um. Yeah. So, but but getting back to the attendance issue, it seems like the student section is not sold out yet. And uh, I just saw an announcement from Baylor Athletics that a, an anonymous donor bought a bunch of tickets um, for for any fans. If you wanted to go to the Farrell Center ticket office, and you could just get free tickets to this football game. So um, it's it's crazy because at the same time I think it's very hyped. This this end of season potential run is very hyped in the minds of a lot of fans. But um, we're we're having a hard time, I guess, getting people to commit to go to the games. But I think I think the students will show up at the very least, and um, it should be a good game. I I, I have uh, I have low scoring today, a lot of rushing yards. Uh, I think Baylor gets a key pick, uh, a key turnover late late in the game to seal a 31 28 point uh 31 28 victory i've got to go with my baylor with our baylor bears i will go baylor 28 to 27 and keep their hopes alive get in the get in that front seat for that second spot in the big 12 championship game Renee, i just I, I have to toot our own horn a little bit right because we wouldn't be a proper college football podcast if we didn't brag about ourselves a little bit but this is what we said. This was the game we told everybody to circle at the start of the year that this was going to come, you know, this was going to determine a spot potentially in the Big 12 championship game. Um, and and here we are, November, Kansas State, <laughs> Baylor. Funny, funny how things turn and, out. And the winner controls their, you know, each, I, I guess Kansas State doesn't quite control their own destiny, but uh, Baylor controls their own destiny to make the Big 12 championship game to defend their title. And uh, Kansas State certainly is not out of it either. The winner does a great deal of good to their to, to their odds, um, for sure. So, you know, stick with us, guys. We'll, uh, we, we won't lead you uh, astray. Andrew certainly will not lead you astray. But real quickly, we, we only got a couple minutes left, but I wanted to – maybe dive into or not dive into but at least talk about the cfp rankings that came let's out on tuesday it. yeah let, let's at do least it. a little bit um obviously tennessee fell to georgia last week they now have one loss tennessee and georgia both i mean tennessee and oregon both have both are eight and one 
at five and six, respectively. Their only loss is to Georgia. You got Georgia at one at nine and zero, Ohio State and Michigan two and three, and then TCU at nine and zero at number four, and then we've got LSU obviously beat Alabama. LSU's at number seven. Clemson got rolled by Notre Dame, falls all the way down to ten. Uh, what else stands out? Kansas State's at nineteen. Texas at eighteen. Um. Yeah, the the Notre Dame slotting Notre Dame at a, at uh, at twenty there is is the reason why Ohio State is above Michigan still, and that will resolve itself. Um, TCU good for the Horn Frogs. That that's great. Um, I, I think a lot of people on the selection show the other night were talking about how Tennessee was going to roadblock both Oregon and LSU from the college football player playoff, even if those two teams won their respective conference championships. Uh, I just don't think that's correct. Um, and for the, for the most part, I, I think they, they did a pretty good job. My, my top six was right in line with the committee. Um, I have no problem with LSU at seven. I would have put UCLA, Utah a little bit higher and dropped Alabama Clemson a little, uh, a little down. And then, um, you know, call me up at midnight, any, any day of the week. And, and I'll, uh, I'll tell you how, you know, three loss Texas or three loss Baylor um, or, or three loss Kansas state or, or, or who have, who have you um, can, can sneak into the college football playoff. How, that, how that that's a quote from your article. Go read Andrew's article. It was a good one. I read it. I enjoyed it very much. So. I, I appreciate that. Um, I do have, I do have Baylor. Um, I, I, I do have Baylor in my top 30. I have them 28 per day. And, and I think, you know, there's, they're starting to look like at least a top 20 team. If you just, just eye test alone, you'd probably say, yeah, they're probably a you know top 20 team in the nation just based off the past couple weeks performances. And um, I, I truly think they could get top 10 by the end of the year. They had, they'd have to win out. Um, so I, I don't even really care about the ranking. If they win this week, they'll be ranked. Uh, if they continue to win, they'll move up. Um, but I think obviously the, the mission is to get into the uh, big 12 championship game with just an opportunity to defend your title. And that's, that's really all you can ask for. Um, and Baylor certainly makes it fun, right? Uh, hope, hopefully they'll wear the, the Chrome gold helmets with the black uniforms um, this Saturday night. Cause that's the best uniform hands down in Baylor history. Uh, but Baylor certainly makes it interesting when they're competing for big 12 championships don't they Pernay? i mean last year of course with football and then you know the basketball teams last year and even the year before and and now this year again uh football is trying to make some noise late um they had the same record last year right they were they were um a year ago they were actually seven and two four and two in conference heading into the last three games of the season um didn't quite control their own destiny uh, and and they won out, got to the Big 12 title game, and upset Oklahoma State. So they had a four and two conference level uh, record at the this point last year in the season. They have a four and two conference record uh, this year, and there are five Big 12 teams with six and three records uh, sitting behind TCU. So we also told you it's the most uh, complete conference in the in the nation, most exciting, and and here we are. That is a. Great statistic. I did not even think about that. Baylor is technically in the same position as it was last year when it comes to their conference record. And hopefully they can do the same thing as they did last year win their last three games and finish at seven and two and see what happens in the Big 12 championship. 
But that is all the time that we have got for you today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sick'em Bears, as always. <laughs>